This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Jeteris here with another Jets episode of the Dick's Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, but of course, my pal, the man with the plan, the one only, the one and only, John Malika. But before we ask John how he is doing, you know what it is. If you listen to this podcast and you're not here subscribed, please make sure to do so. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us that five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a comment. We're also on Fansided, okay? As you know, we're partnered with Fansided. So if you go over to the Daily Knicks or the Jet Press, you can find the podcast there too if you want to stream it. We're also on YouTube. Knicks, Jets, ETC, period. Look for the page. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. And when you watch a video, hit that like button. Leave a comment. Add to the conversation. Let us know your thoughts. We just dropped a Knicks episode because we're at the 11th pick. We're okay with it. You know, we're, we're just, we're just, we're just water. It's, a, it's water. We're okay with it. It's not like when we had the opportunity to be number one overall for Zion, but we're okay with it. We're okay with it. But make sure to add to this conversation too. And while you're over there, we got another podcast, Winning Picks Weekly. John, video producer Greg, co-host, our boy, Chip Murphy. They go down every <laughs> single sport. If you need to place money on the line, you need to bet, go listen to these guys. NHL, MLB, NFL. NBA, PGA, they got you everything. Everything. They got you all covered. Surprise. Have you guys done hot soccer yet? So hard people yeah. with all the sports. Oh, Hell my yeah, God. Done soccer. Yo, mean, the way the Champions League's coming up, I was just telling Greg uh, off camera about my Castellanos uh, top goal scorer. He just got another penalty today. Let's go. So if that doesn't tell you what it is already, make sure to go over there. If you need a sport, these guys got you covered. And then last and certainly not least, Please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. We are there. My guy, John, Mr. Malika. How are you doing today, bro? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm on edge, man. I'm on edge as we record. The Rangers are up. The Rangers Uh, are up (laughs) 1-0. There's there's a minute left. That's why you're on edge. In the second period, things are okay. Uh, I would love to steal a game in Carolina. That would be fantastic. So things are going great on that front. On the Knicks front, like you said, everything's, you know, it's content. It's good. We, we could have only, it was a 12% chance of us messing up. We didn't do it. Proud of us. <laughs> I'm really, really excited for our franchise. And on the other hand, man, you know what it is with me and the New York Jets. I, I am injected with hopium. I have, I, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing stars right now. I'm seeing a green light everywhere I go. I'm really excited about the season. Uh, I hope you're not seeing a green light wherever you go. You're going to get a traffic ticket, bro. <laughs> just, just relax. Keep your foot off. The, take your foot off the pedal once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hyped, man. I'm too hyped. I'm, I'm looking at tickets everywhere. I'm right now looking into Jets at Buffalo. I'm, I'm hyped, man. I'm hyped. But we got, we got, we got a big guest on today too, and I, he's hyped as well, especially with the draft pick. So I mean, I'm, I'm. Let's go. Let's get it. How you doing? That's a fact. We, I'm good, man. I'm good. As you said, we got a great guest on. I'm, I'm excited to talk about Jets today, man. I mean, 
You talk about hopium. I'm excited. Just I'm getting ready for the season, man. I'm gearing up for the season. Like I said, this is the most optimistic I've been for this Jets team in a minute. So it's great that we got a great guest on with us today to break it all down. We got Matt O'Weary, okay, host of the Just Jets podcast and Edge 16 West, if you're subscribed to him on Patreon. All right. And a writer for Odds Checker. You want to place a bet too? Go make sure to check this dude out as well. Matt, our guy. How you doing, man? How you feeling today? Doing good, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate it. See your guys' stuff on Twitter all the time, so it's good to catch up with you finally. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. You know, uh, we were just talking a little before we came on here. You were also uh, editor for the Eyes on Isles before uh, you just you stepped down. You did the podcast as well. And so I know John's going to be excited to talk uh, hockey with you towards the end of this podcast because he's over here watching the Rangers. I know uh, your Islanders, they had a they had a magical run last season. You know, last season they had a magical run. Uh, we'll get some of your takes, see, for some of the fan base uh, that listen to us, uh, see how they feel about the Islanders moving forward and see if there's a little clash, all right? Got to have a little bit of clash. Got to have a friendly hometown rivalry. Sure. But other than that, let's get into this, man. Let's get into some of the Jets draft talk. Uh, John, what, what do you want to start off with, with Matt? Anything in particular, or should we just start from the, start from the beginning with the draft? <laughs> Well, listen, I, I'm, we're going to toss up a softball here because I know where he wants to start, man. He wants to start with our, our, our defense, our number one pick and sauce Gardner. Uh, he's, he's been as if you're, I mean, I'm sure you've been watching his YouTube and catching up on his stuff. He's been one of the big proponents about sauce Gardner all draft process. So let's just start there, man. What do you think of the, the new secondary, uh, setting up DJ Reed with Gardner? Do you think, let me start you off with this. Do you think the expectations are too high? I mean, we know, we know you're going to be hyped, but do you think the expectations are too high right now? Is he going to be like the starting corner, like number one? Yeah, so I think he's going to be the number one corner from the jump, which is asking a lot. But when you're selected that high, I think there's a, you know, there's a reason behind that. He can handle it. Now, obviously, his play at Cincinnati, he put up some unbelievable numbers. Like everyone always points to that he didn't allow a touchdown in his four years at Cincinnati, which is just an insane stat. I think if people are expecting like that kind of dominance to translate to the NFL level right away, I think they're going to be a little bit mistaken. And again, I'm not, I'm not down on sauce. I'm obviously a huge fan of his, but the competition level going from Cincinnati to the NFL is going to be a little bit of an adjustment. So there's going to be some games where he probably allows a couple of big plays and a touchdown here or there along the way. But overall, I think he uh, is going to add an extra element to this defense that they were lacking uh, with the ability to uh, create turnovers. That was something the Jets struggled with a lot last year. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and his effort in the run game, I feel like, is something that's very underrated. Like, he's a very good tackler, which, you know, people are going to point to his size and length, which is all really great things when you're looking at a cornerback prospect. But... Um, his ability and willingness to get involved in the run game, I think is going to make him an asset too. Let's go. But like, I'm glad that you pumped the brakes. Like uh, the first thing that I'm glad you just pumped the brakes a little bit because all I see, man, everywhere is Cromartie and Revis, Cromartie and Revis with DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner. Dude, if he could, if we could just have like, like you said, we we were terrible not only defending the pass but the run. Like if we could just have a middle of the road defense from our secondary, I would be absolutely ecstatic. Do you do you think that? Do you think that Bryce Hall is now kind of on the rocks here? Because like if if Gardner is the guaranteed starter, and then we just paid DJ Reed thirty mil guaranteed, 
Where does that leave Hall? Especially because we have two, you know, we have two nickel cornerbacks, so he's not going to be there. Yeah, that that's a really good question, and um, I liked Bryce Hall a lot, which is um, part of the reason why. Not that I disliked the sauce pick; it was more so I was just surprised that that's the direction that they went instead of taking the edge rusher at the top. Which it all it all worked out. You ended up getting your edge rusher, you got your wide receiver, you got a stud corner. Great, I think it was a you know home run of the first round. But uh, yeah, for someone like Bryce Hall, I think. For now, he is going to uh, be the first guy in, you know, in the rotation. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a starter, but this is the NFL. Injuries happen. Um, I think he will get his playing time. And, you know, teams like to go four and five wide. So he'll get him. He'll get on the field. But, yeah, it's going to be a little bit different with him, not as a starting outside corner. But comparatively, like to years gone by, the Jets finally have depth. Like Bryce Hall being a depth guy, I, I don't think is the worst thing in the world. It shows kind of how good you are at the position now, which really wasn't the case just a year ago. For sure. And do you, do you, do you have any expectations of Bryce Hall being traded or do you think they'll keep him for depth throughout the season? That's I mean, tough. he does have what you got this year and you got one more season. I mean, I don't put anything past Joe Douglas. This guy's willing to wheel and deal and look for value where he can. Yeah, that's true with, with Joe Douglas. Um, you, n- you never know what he's going to pull out of his hat. Um, you definitely, you're on your toes with him. I, I would be surprised if they moved on, though. Kind of like what I was talking about earlier here is it's the NFL and injuries happen. And we know with this Jets team, especially over the last two years, injuries have been a major, major factor. So, like I said, I think he'll get his playing time. Um, and same with Brandon Eccles, who I thought was okay last year. Um, those guys are going to rotate around. And, and Carter. Know, and Carter, that's right. Yeah. So there, there's really a, a bunch of corners on this roster who are young and going to be coming up together. And, you know, I think they'll all get their reps. Sure. It might not be starting reps, but they'll mix in. I'm not too concerned with that. For sure. Yeah, for too sure. many not, good, too many good cornerbacks. Jeez. What, 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 corner- what, what one year has, has come? because last <laughs> year I couldn't even find a, a CB4. So I mean, now we have now we have too many good ones. Do you, do you think that our safeties are going to be able to? Uh, we're going to be able to kind of put a deodorant on our safeties, like with these cornerbacks, because like Pinocchio yeah, is cool. Joiner, I mean, I I like Whitehead as a strong safety. He's going to do everything on the run. But just like, do you think they're going to be able to handle the tight ends for for sure? Because I mean, on this podcast. Uh, for the last maybe two years, we've been crying about how many yards, how many touchdowns we give up to tight ends every single game. So do you think that one of these slot cornerbacks, one of these safeties is going to be able to handle it? You see, so safety and linebacker are the two positions on the defensive side that I'm still a little bit worried out. Like you, I like Whitehead a lot. I think he's going to be a massive addition to this team. He's still extremely young, which is a nice sign. But Joiner was hurt last year. He didn't play at all. And he was kind of the year before. Yeah. And the year year before he was very limited too. So you're asking a lot there. Um, Pinnock flashed, but it was a small sample size. So I don't know, like, do I want to rely on him to be our starter over a full 17 game season? I don't know if I'm at that point yet. Um, I, I don't trust Ashton Davis as far as I can throw him. Um, I don't want to see him on the field trying to cover anybody. Um, so club. Yeah. I'm just. Outside of, like I said, Whitehead's going to be good, but you got to really hope that Joyner turns back the clock a little bit because if not, you might be in for some trouble on the back end of this defense. 
Yeah, definitely for safety. Like, like John's biggest complaint has been about linebacker. I mean, you hear that the coaches, the front office are like, yeah, we're cool at linebacker. Safety, you know, I, that's why kind of when we were going through the whole draft process, I thought Hamilton could have been a realistic option if they wanted to upgrade at safety. But after what they did during all, the offseason, it's like, okay, maybe they're just got, they're not going to focus on that for right now. They're, re, they're, they're willing to do some patchwork there and just put some band-aid on it. But I agree with you, Matt. Like, it's going to be interesting going into the season with the, with the safety crew that we have. I'm not sold. It's cornerbacks. Okay. Safeties. I'm going to be crying, especially if I see Ashton Davis out there. <laughs> Man, you want to talk about throwing over the top? Damn. I don't care what hurdle race you ran back in college. It ain't going to help you. But you did mention earlier edge rushers, man. And I want to get you, I want, I want to get your opinion on this because we got a lot of edge rushers now. You know, we got Jermaine Johnson who we just drafted, uh, where we, on this pod, we just love that Joe Douglas moved up to go get him. John was in a frenzy when it came to the 10th pick and we didn't choose Jermaine Johnson. We're like wide receiver. I was like, all right. You know, there's all this talk about Jermaine Johnson. I thought we we're going to take him at 10, but the fact that they moved up to get him, that's awesome. But we also have Carl Austin coming back. You know, we got John Franklin Myers. We got Vinnie Curry. We got Clemens, Bryce Huff, all these dudes <laughs> at playing DN. What are your thoughts, man? What do you think the rotation is going to look like? Who do you think? Do you think how much playing time do you think Jermaine Johnson is going to get? What are, what are your opinions on that? Yeah, so I'm finally happy that it seems like they're putting an emphasis on that position because it's something they've ignored for way, way, way too long. Too um, long. Way too long. But I was super high on the Carl Lawson signing last year. And in training camp, he was excellent before getting hurt. So I can't wait to see him back on the field. I think he's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch on Sundays. Uh, Jermaine Johnson on the other side, um, I think, I mean, you mentioned all the different guys, Huff, Vinny Curry, who I think is a good veteran. You brought in Martin from uh, Houston as well. They're going to rotate these guys. So I don't know if we're going to see the production right away for Jermaine Johnson. Like, I don't think he's going to put up any type of monster sack numbers. I think he'll be like a, a solid starter. But with the amount that they'll rotate, I don't know if he's going to have that massive impact where he's like pushing the eight or 10 mm-hmm. plus sacks in year one. I think we have to pump the brakes a little bit there expectation wise. And it's not so that, you know, because it's, he's not talented. He is. I think he'll be, you know, fine in the run game, especially early on, but they're going to move those guys around and they are so deep on that defensive line. It's just, I don't think he's going to get the snap count to put up those massive numbers his first year. So what do you expect? Like, so you're saying pump the break. So are you expecting like John Franklin Meyer to get playing time over him to begin with? Because, you know, they also extended him too. And as we know from this, this coaching staff, they're talking about having, they don't want the edge rushers to be on the field 24 seven. They're not expecting high snap counts. They said they want these guys to be fresh. That way they can be at optimal primo service every single time they touch the grass. So are you expecting, I guess, do you think John Franklin Myers is going to start? Cause you just said Jermaine Johnson could be playing on the other side. Do you think that's even too much of a high expectation for him? No, I think, I think Jermaine Johnson starts. Um, I, I think he's listed as a starter and he'll play, you know, a decent amount. I just, I, I think like if there, if people are expecting eight or more sacks in the first year, like to me, I'm more around five or six sacks. Um, okay. And I, and I think he's steady in the, in the run game in his, in his first year. Um, and with edge rushers too, it, it usually tends to take them a couple of years before they start to really age. 
Um, but yeah, Franklin Myers, what with him specifically, he could play on either the inside or the outside. Um, so I think on more pass rushing downs, he'll definitely move inside, but maybe earlier on in first and second down, maybe he's on the outside and you have, uh, I guess Sheldon Rankins and Quinton Williams in the middle at that point with Carl Lawson on the other side. But, you know, like I said, they have, you have depth now at both edge and on the interior. So they're going to mix and match. We saw it a, a ton last year and they didn't have the same amount of depth that they do now. So I think we're just going to see it even more so. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely Salah's game on the defense. He definitely likes to rotate. We know that from his San Francisco years. And we didn't even mention Solomon Thomas was also going to be on that line. He's going to demand some playing time. But, dude, it's so funny that we, like, poo-poo the five, six sacks. Like, <laughs> last year, Quentin Williams and John Franklin Myers led the Jets with six sacks each. So, like, that would be fantastic if Jermaine Johnson could come in here as a rookie and get five sacks for us and not be the most productive guy on our line. That to me is, is, is why I'm so excited about this year. We have the depth, like you said, at the front of the D line. And then as you kind of move back, it, you know, it kind of, let's say it lengthens a little bit, but I really hope that the, the cornerbacks could put some deodorant on the safeties and the D-line could put some deodorant on the linebackers. But the one guy we never mentioned, C.J. Mosley, the dude, when he's on well, – last year he had a really good year, so I'm hoping he gets on board a little bit. But did you mention Garrett Wilson? We got, we, we got Brees Hall. We traded up for him. Everyone had a, had a little – I wasn't a – talking about I was in a frenzy for Jermaine Johnson. The amount of people who started freaking out because we traded up for a running back drove me absolutely crazy. But at the same time, everyone was really happy about drafting a wide receiver at 10. To me, that I don't know. It's kind of, kind of weird. If you're, you shouldn't be mad about one thing and not the other. They're kind of both in the same. What are you doing? Like it's, it's, it's a premium for both. So talk to me about the wide receiver depth. You know, if you want to mention Denzel Mims, uh, what do you think is going to happen to him? I thought it was really interesting today. Uh, Coach Salah was on. Uh, a, po- a podcast interview with uh, Connor Hughes, a Jets writer for The Athletic. And he mentioned how, you know, Drake London was good and the size would be good. And, you know, that's what the Jets need. But Garrett Wilson was their number one. So I'm wondering, does that translate to Denzel Mims? How do you think Garrett Wilson fits into this offense? Yeah, so um, I was definitely someone who wanted them to take a wide receiver with the 10th pick because I think it's important to continue to add and make life super easy for your young quarterback. Um, Corey Davis, I think will be back and better this year. Uh, too many drops last year, but it felt like an outlier kind of year. I think he'll be back and, and more consistent this year. Um, Elijah Moore, I think, you know, came on really strong in the second half of last year. I think we'll continue to see him build a connection with Zach uh, and bringing back Braxton Berrios, I think is going to help as a nice, you know, he, he's very, very solid in the, in the punt return and kick return, but being like a fourth or fifth option as a wide receiver, I think is the perfect kind of role for him. A fourth uh, down King. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. Um, but Garrett, man, he is such a good route runner. He's going to just find himself open far too much. If, if Zach has the time, He's going to become one of his favorite targets just by the amount that he's open. Um, I think his, his route running ability and speed is what gets me most excited. Um, and you mentioned Denzel. So that's, that's such a hard one to pin down. Um, I love Denzel Mims coming out of Baylor and I thought he showed a lot of promise as a rookie. That said, last year was a disaster. It was awful. There's no sugarcoating it. He was really, really bad. Um, I'm of the belief that I think he deserves a look in training camp. 
I think he should, you know, maybe be thought of as like a fourth or fifth option, probably fifth option behind Barrios at that point. Um, but if he could be even somewhat close to what he was as a rookie, then that's just even more to than you know what you were originally expecting. If you get anything out of Denzel this year, I think you're happy. The talent is there. He's what six three and can run a four three forty. Like you can't really. Does he know the playbook, Matt? Does he know the playbook? Everyone's yeah. been screaming that at me for a year now. <laughs> yeah, but is he doing the ladder drills right? That's the bigger question. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know about all that. I really hope so. He looks like he's in phenomenal shape. Look, I'm rooting for the guy. Like I said, I was a huge fan of him coming out of Baylor even before the Jets drafted him. Um, I thought he was someone who could have went in the first round even, to be honest with you. Um, so I, I I like his potential. But yeah, I mean, I think we'd be lying to ourselves here if we said we weren't concerned after last year because that was just atrocious. Of course, we got to be concerned. I mean, he's a second... He's a second rounder, you know. I mean, we've had the curse of second rounders. We don't need another Stephen Hill on our hands. But yeah, I know. Trust me, I know. And we're Knicks fans. Look, we're we're Knicks fans. So not only do we have to watch, did we have to watch or witness Stephen Hill with stone hands? We have to watch Nerlens Noel have stone hands as well. So we're used to this, dude. Just tell me, just tell me that he's not Devin Smith, and I'll be happy. Is he? Not, is Garrett Wilson <laughs> yeah. not Devin Smith? Like, can someone just tell me that. Now you're. Now you're. He's not okay. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I think now we're overreacting. But Matt, I, just, I want to. I got to. I have. I, I said people have syndrome thirty three because they didn't want Hamilton. Like I have syndrome Ohio State wide receiver. <laughs> like I, I don't know. <laughs> this guy's this guy's worried about everything. We gotta calm his nerves a little bit. <laughs> he, we, we get it. We get it though. But but Matt, do you who do you think is the true number one wide receiver, and who do you think will be the true number one wide receiver? Is it Garrett Wilson or is it Elijah Moore? So um, I, I think the number one wide receiver title is a little bit overrated. Um, and specifically Ooh. with this Jets team, I think they're mm. going to spread the ball around that they might not have someone who's like, oh, that is their number one guy. If I had to guess by who's going to end up with the most receiving yards this year, I lean Elijah Moore, but really with the three that are going to be the main starters, Davis, Moore, and uh, Wilson, who you just drafted, I really see all three of those guys who could be in the, I don't know, 800 to 1100 yard range, somewhere in that group. Like, I don't think there's going to be one guy who's like, oh, he holds up. Yeah, 1500 yards and 10 touchdowns. I just think they're going to spread the ball around that uh, so much, which is, again, not necessarily a bad thing. It allows you to run a diverse offense um, that I I don't know if there's going to be one dominant ball hog uh, on this offense. Can I be I honest? You on that. Can I be honest? I, I think we should lower our expectations more on Garrett Wilson than we should on Jermaine Johnson. Just while we're on this topic, because dude, Elijah Moore, like you said, had such a good year last year. He had 530 yards and five touchdowns. Like there's no way Garrett Wilson's going to get six to 800 yards and a couple touchdowns. Like, I don't know that that's just, that, that for me is my expectation because what's going to happen here is we're going to look at the stats at the end of the year and say, what a bust. What a buzz. How could he have not you know, have 12 touchdowns, 1,200 yards, right? So that, that's, that's really what I'm worried about because not that he's going to become Denzel Mims, but think about what was going on in this fan base. If you could just try to like think back to a snapshot last year when Moore wasn't playing so well. We were going nuts. Like, oh, another wide receiver that's going to be a buzz. Corey Davis was dropping passes. So do you think that Brees Hall is going to be able to kind of 
even that out a little bit, like not really put pressure on the wide, or like maybe that's the reason that wide receivers don't have the numbers that like the fantasy numbers. And also don't forget about our tight ends. Not only did we draft one, we signed two and one of them is a, is a legit catch uh, pass catcher. So do you think that we should, how do you think that we should uh, grade the success of the wide receivers this year? Is it by the numbers or are we just like, do we just need an offense? Like, because that's what I'm really worried about. Because, I, I, again, Brees Hall, the tight ends, I think everybody's going to eat, like you said. Yeah, I think there's just so many mouths to feed. You kind of have to look at the context of it. And I think there's no way to know that right now because we don't know how they're going to distribute the ball. But uh, I think there'll be weeks where maybe it is Garrett Wilson's the one who's, you know, the focal point of the offense. I think it'll, you know, differentiate based on matchups. And you mentioned Brees Hall. And Michael Carter, too. Uh, both of those guys are running backs who can catch out of the backfield. So I think having that, in addition to having legitimate NFL tight ends, like, I don't know what the tight end room was last year, but it wasn't an NFL tight end room. Now, this year, you have three guys. Who <laughs> um, what do you so mean? You, Croft didn't do it for you, man? Croft no. and Kenny Yeboa? <laughs> I know uh, Yeboah actually Yeboah is probably the one that I like the best about. me too <laughs> yeah no same I think you're all, we're all on the same page with that one <laughs> yeah which which is saying something there but that we know I mean the last time the Jets were good was in 2009 and 2010 and they had uh, Dustin Keller as that safety blanket for their young quarterback I think we know how uh, important it is to have a good tight end for your young quarterback so um, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I have a hard time saying like this player has to reach this stat line because I think if they're just functioning on offense and being competitive, then that's really what we need to, you know, set the bar as. I don't think it's if this guy doesn't reach a thousand yards or whatever we set it as, it's a failure. I don't think that's the way we should look at it. I agree with that. I mean, it kind of goes back to that whole, I would say second year, like when we had Marky Sanchez and it was just being distributed. Well, amongst everybody, right? Sure, you had the the running backs. It was a ground and pound offense. You knew your running backs were going to get the numbers. But when you look at the wide receivers, tight ends, well, when I say tight ends, I really just mean Dustin Keller. Like it was <laughs> like all those guys just, they just kind of got their opportunities dictated on how the game or which games were given to them, right? And speaking of games, let's go to the schedule, man, because, you know, we broke it down last week and you see that you're starting off with the, AFC North right out of the gate <laughs> and not, not necessarily an easy division starting over with Ravens week one. Uh, what are your feelings on that, man? For me, uh, before I let you go, like, I, I, I think it will be a good gauge to see where the Jets are this season, especially for Zach Wilson, Ravens. You know, there's a lot of expectations for them. Lamar Jackson, of course, they traded some of their pieces like Hollywood Brown. They're doing an overhaul as well on their defensive side, especially in the secondary. So this could be a Jets opportunity for Zach Wilson to attack a young secondary and to see what this offense is now that we have pieces and what you're even talking about offensively, right? It's, it's true. Like a San Francisco scheme that we're seeing, like you didn't, there was not really sure. You know, their names out there. You had Debo Samuel, you had all your running backs out there as well, but everyone ate. And that's kind of what we're seeing over here with the Jets. So are you with this new Jets offense with an upgrade on defense? How are you feeling? about the first couple of games because you're starting with the AFC North. You're going to have the Dolphins, the Bills, the Patriots before the bye week. It's a pretty good, it's a pretty good sledding for the Jets to, to open up for a week 10 bye. 
Yeah, the the first half is definitely a gauntlet, and starting <laughs> up against the AFC North isn't going to be easy. I think for me, I look at those first four games and I say, if you can come out of there two and two, I think you got to feel pretty good about yourself. Um, whether and you know, pick those two wins out of any of those four teams. Uh, for me, the two teams that I have circled out of those first four are Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And the reason for mm. that is early in the year, we don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to get suspended or not. Um, I think there's a pretty strong chance that he does. And if so, th- I mean, just look at the, the matchup. I would hope that Zach Wilson could outplay Jacoby Brissett and that they can win a game. Um, I, I know the roster around Brissett is still really good in Cleveland, but I look at that as a game that they that's winnable. And then with Pittsburgh, they're going to be either starting a rookie in Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, who's, you know, bounced around the league a little bit now at this point. That's another one where it's not the same Heinz field that you're going into that we were once used to. So, um, yeah, all the four of these games are tough and maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe they do steal a win in week one or maybe they upset the Bengals again. But I, I think a realistic and fair expectation for the first four is to come out of there and split two and two. Okay, so we should be popping bottles if we come out two and two. That's what Matt's saying on this podcast. You heard it here first. Get the <laughs> champagne ready. We're all going to be drunk because that means the Jets are then going to the playoffs. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. I really hope so. Oh, come on, Matty. <laughs> come on. Give me some optimism over here. I think the Jets are going to be pretty good this season. I, this is how optimistic I am. I think they're going to have like, I think they're going to get me some uh, seven, seven, eight wins around there. And with the added, uh, with the added playoff spot, I feel like they they can make a little bit of noise. I, I feel like I, I feel like I can go in that direction this season. Listen, just be in that in the hunt graphic in the final weeks, and I'd be happy. Oh my god, we're all on the same page. Just be in the hunt. That's all we want. In we, the hunt, we. I mean, we don't. The we bar don't is so low. We don't. Team. We don't ask for much, Alex. We're not asking for championships here. We just want to be in the hunt. Yet, and I I agree. I you know we we've, we've all come like literally down to earth so much that we're just asking for two and two. I agree with both of those wins, but the only reason we're, we're giving them is because both teams don't have a quarterback and <laughs> projected right now in those four weeks. So uh, being two and two really doesn't even prove anything. Uh, I, I agree. I don't think the Bengals are going to be able, I, I think the Bengals have us circled since that Mike White game. I think they're going to kill us. Uh, so I think the, I, I think the, the pendulum is going to swing on that Ravens game. I really hope that we could do something. We're at home. The fan base, I've never seen the fan base so excited to go to a football game at home in my life. <laughs> than than this one besides like the playoffs, uh, which was a decade and a half ago. So I'm, I, I agree with you, man. And then jumping after that, if if you're saying we're two and two, then our first home game that we're going to win is going to be against the Dolphins. And that would be our first AFC win with Joe Douglas at the helm. Is, is that what you're calling right there? Are we getting, are we, can we at least get that first AFC win against Tua? Yeah, I think like there, to me, there's no reason that you can't win your home game against Miami and New England. Like I get, but Buffalo is far and away the best team in the division. I don't think anyone could really argue that. So mm-hmm. if you get swept by Buffalo, you get swept by Buffalo. They're just better. I mean, maybe in the AFC, they might be the best team in the whole AFC. Yeah. Or the, the league, honestly, like they, they seem like a team that's going to go on an absolute tear this year. They lost a heartbreaker of a playoff game and they just loaded up. Um, but the, the gap between the Jets, New England, Miami, I don't really think is that big. So for me, Split with both of those teams. If you can get two divisional wins, um, and like I said, if you get swept by Buffalo, you get swept by Buffalo. But I, I think you, you got to win in your division. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been dude. two straight years of going winless in the division. 
I like that. So that's that. That's four wins right there before the break. Could we at least get? We're not going to win in Denver or in Green Bay, right? That's silly. No, yeah, I think that's asking a lot. Um, I know it's the NFL; crazy things happen. But Russell Wilson. I mean, even without Russell Wilson, uh, Denver is such a tough <laughs> yeah. place to play. And then you add that into the mix. Um, and then, I mean, Green Bay's Green Bay. We know they haven't won a Super Bowl in a little while here, but they, they're deep in the playoffs every year for a reason. They have arguably one of the best <laughs> quarterbacks to ever do it. Yeah, did you remember how they ruined us in the preseason? Like, they were laughing at us almost <laughs> in the preseason. And Aaron Rodgers was like, yeah, they're good. They'll be better soon. <laughs> like, it was like almost like talking to like youth, youth camp. Uh, so how far a year has come? I'm going to be at that game. So I'm almost guaranteeing a loss for the Jets. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, here's for some hope, but that's pretty good. That's pretty good. One, two, three, four wins before the bye week. And then you, you think it gets really easy after that, huh? Yeah. I just think it's, I mean, you look at some of those opponents. I, the couple that I have circled in the second half of the year are like, you can't lose to Chicago, Detroit. Or Jacksonville at home. Like you have to find a way to win those three games. There's no there. Yeah. And then right. Then you're at seven and obviously seven and 10 probably isn't getting you to the playoffs, but that's a step forward. And then maybe add another win in there. If you can get to eight, I feel like that's a pretty nice step forward here in the rebuilding process. But again, it kind of, it goes back to just those matchups, man, in your home building against teams that you should be in the same competition bracket with like Chicago, like Detroit and like Jacksonville. There's no reason why you can't beat those teams. I really like the way that broke down. And I know the one game that you didn't mention that circled on Alex's calendar is January 1st at Seattle. Because (laughs) he needs revenge on Jamal. (laughs) And he's going to tag everyone with love all day. I'm I'm ready for that, Alex. (laughs) All love. (laughs) But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Matt. Is there, like, I know, of course, Jets fans, like, as Jets fans, like, we look for our divisional games and we circle that. Like any other fan base, we, the divisional matchups are always key. But even throughout all the games that we just listed, is there any game in particular or any like two games that you think that you, that will really dictate the season for you? Like what, what two would those be? Yeah. Um, the divisional ones jump out because those are the teams you play every year. So being able to be in the same competition level with them, I think is super important, but even like, I mean, you guys just mentioned it. Seattle would just be so nice, especially if like oh my God. Elijah, if we get Elijah Vera Tucker and maybe like, I think the pinnacle would be Garrett Wilson catching a touchdown over Jamal Adams. That might be like my, <laughs> I don't, I don't need to be a fan after that. That, that'd be enough. He's one of oh, us guys. He's one of us. <laughs> how about Elijah Vera Tucker pancaking somebody. And in that same clip, you see Garrett Wilson catching a one handed. Over Jamal wow. Adams. How about that? I've never seen I've never seen Alex this excited during the Jets offseason of my whole life, which really worries the hell out of me, if I'm being honest. With you. <laughs> I told you, man. This season, I've told you, man, I haven't felt this optimistic in a very long time. But I like that. I like those I like those games. For me, like the one one that I'm looking at, and it's just for uh, agenda purposes for our video producer Greg, it's uh, the Minnesota Vikings, just because I think that's uh <laughs> Someone on this podcast likes to have Russell Wilson outside of the top 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL currently. So, uh, I gotta, I, I gotta make sure that, uh, you know, we beat, uh, the proper teams in order to make Kirk sure cousins and, and so right now you have, you have the, the Vikings and the Broncos <laughs> circled in your jet schedule. You might be the only Jets fan on the planet <laughs> that's worried about those two games, but I love that. <laughs> that's going to shape our season. I love it. 
Yeah, For me, it's it's the two right. games around the bye week, man. It's the two games surrounding the bye week. If we could beat the Bills, like if we could just sneak off a win against the Bills at home before our bye week, that'd be amazing. And or if we could beat New England in New England after a bye week, especially because if you go to New England schedule, that they have the same exact bye week. I mean, that would be insane for the Jets' momentum, in my opinion. Like, if you come out of the bye week, beat the Patriots on the road, then then the Bears game, like you said, is easy. Then we can go to Minnesota, win, lose in Buffalo, and then we come back for Detroit and, and Jacksonville, end with Seattle and Miami. Dude, that I'm smashing that over five and a half. I am smashing the over five and a half. So that, 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 that's, all, that's all I got here. I, I agree with you, dude. The seven, eight win sounds about right. We could cap it at 10 on a miraculous year, but something at seven, seven to nine, nine, nine wins can get us that third wild card. What do you think gets us the, the wild, uh, what do you think the third wild card spot? What do you think that record is? Man, I think, I think it's still 10 wins. I look at that AFC West, man. I think it's, I think three of those teams come out of the AFC West. But is that like, is that logistically even possible? Like if they just but if they beat each other up, you know what I mean? Like, do you think that's? I I agree. The AFC West is insane. Even when I'm trying to pick divisions, right? I know you're you're writing for a betting website, so I, I I've been looking at divisions a lot. It's hard to pick anyone. I, I almost do parlays with just random. <laughs> I can close my eyes and pick a team in that division. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that's so wide open that division. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm leaning KC just because like. I don't know. Until proven otherwise, it's still Kansas City. Um, really? They're third. They're third for me. Okay. I know I, I know we're a little off the rails here, but I love what the Chargers did. And I I feel like the for some reason people aren't as high on them this year and they were higher on them last year, but they significantly improved. And then of course Denver. Denver's defense, plus Russell Wilson, if he cares about football again. I I and in mile high. I think I think that's gonna be tough. I I, I, I'm scared of, honestly, I'm scared of Kansas City not winning the division. And then, like, there's no way we're going to, like, that's a one wild card spot that's done. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. Like, when I think about it, I, I'm hoping it's just not logistically possible because I'm thinking about the Jets, honestly. And I'm thinking about the Ravens and the Bengals. Like, all those teams, like, uh, the second team from the north and the second team from the east, they're going to have something to say about it. I'm hoping it's the Jets. So we'll see. That's why I'm always curious about that that third wild card spot. You think ten wins, man? Ten? Damn. Yeah. We're not well, gonna get to ten. No, I, I think it's. Gonna be <laughs> I'm not getting to ten, man. No matter how much hope you might have, we're not getting to ten. Pittsburgh got in with nine last year, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Two teams got in with nine last season. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It, it, this the AFC is so good. I don't know. This is true. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. All right, that's yeah, all I have on the Jets schedule. Well, yeah. hold on. There's there's one thing because I know we're 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 over here talking about uh, you know, playoffs and whatnot. But there is one person out there who does oh. not have any faith in this team whatsoever, yeah. at all. No faith in Zach Wilson, even former first round pick for the Browns back in 2007. Yes, Mister Quit, Mister Brady Quinn himself. Now our guy Matt decided to go in on him. Uh, Matt, what are your what are your feelings on, on Mr. Quinn's comments on, on not believing in this new revamped New York Jets team? Yeah, to me, I just think it's he had to have this uh, 
he, he's just had to be not a Zach Wilson guy coming out because I don't know how you could like have seen enough of Zach to be like, he is 1000% without a doubt, not the guy or 1000% without a doubt, the guy. I think most people are like, yeah, he wasn't great last year, but he showed some promise in the second half and we like his raw traits. So we think, and it's a better roster. We think he can improve, which I think that's like a logical way to look at it. But I, I don't, to me, if you're all the way out on Zach Wilson, you were never going to give him a chance to begin with. So I, I think it was a, a an original bias coming in here. Okay, fair enough. And, and to to be clear, I mean, even I had my concerns for him coming out of the draft. So not too. I'm not. I wouldn't say I was the biggest Zach supporter uh, when it came uh, by draft time, but. I think the thing that you said is that we were able to see him close off the season well enough where we're like, you know what? There is like, we know the arm strength is there. We saw the improv there. The the things that were concerning were the, the short routes, the intermediate routes where he just wasn't connecting. But towards the end of the season, we did see that. So that's what kind of reeled me back in. Like, all right, he just needs an off season. You know what? He just really needs an off season to get everything, figure everything out and just get comfortable. He's overthinking. I forget who said it. Uh, it might have been Connor Hughes for, uh, for on his, on the can't wait podcast, but he was saying that Zach Wilson was, you know, instead of going through, you know, like 101 classes, like 101 of cubing, he was going to like class 500 trying to do like these elite, like type of like skills trying to get the ball downfield. It's like, bro, you're not even there yet. Just, just go through the basics first before you even get there. This is the NFL. It's not college. So I'm with you. I'm with you on that, Matt. So. I'm cool, we don't care I know about John's Brady Ro- Quinn, bro. We don't care about Brady Quinn. We're talking about Buck Showalter here, sitting there in his press conferences, talking about how the Jets are going to beat the Patriots. <laughs> Let's go, Buck. Let's go. I love, that. <laughs> I love it. And Matt, you're a Mets fan. You're a Mets fan, so you got to love that talk. Yeah, I'm in. I'm all in on the Mets-Jets crossover. Uh, we've we've been suffering together for <laughs> a very long time, so um, I'm here for it. Buck Showalter's just been a lot of fun. Uh, he has a great personality, so I- I'm all in on that. I love it. You think we're gonna get the Subway Series, man? Where Greg Greg is the Mets fan here, Alex and I are the Yankees fans. But do right, you think we're gonna get the Subway Series? Because it's, it's looking like it at the moment. It's early, but chance. it's looking like it. I think there's a good chance. I mean, the, the Yankees are playing extremely good baseball. Aaron Judge is playing out of his mind, and this Mets team—they just keep finding ways. Uh, I think both teams will be in the playoffs, and you know what? I think New York deserves that because New York sports <laughs> has been pretty shitty for a while now. Yo. So I think uh, we deserve some love here. Since 2000, that would be nice. Uh, that'd be a nice to see. Uh, that was the last time we had a legitimate Subway Series, but hey, that'd be fun. And like, you keep, it's interesting because I feel like the Yankees, they're not necessarily being creative all the time with how they're winning. They're just overpowering teams, but the Mets, it's literally like, Oh my God, they're down 5-1. Holy crap. They're set. How they went 7-5. to How they figure that out? That team's pretty interesting to watch. I gotta, I gotta get, gotta give your team credit, man. Gotta give all the Mets fans, uh, Mets, all the Mets people out there, some uh, credit because that team is legitimately doing this stuff. I know John wants to get into this as well before we get you out of here. That's Matt. so funny because Greg's definitely clipping that for later. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, yeah, it's, you, that's the last time you're getting that, Greg. Right? Just remember, <laughs> just remember that. Remember that. So uh, but you you said you said New York sports isn't going so well. I'll let you go on the Rangers right now. I won't rub it in. But you were you were the Islanders guy. You did have the Isles podcast for uh, Bandsided. Let's. Let's get your take there, man. They were on that magical run last year, like Alex started the podcast with, but now you got Lane Lambert. Like, what do you think is going to happen? With, I mean, not, and you had that ridiculous year when you went to the Barclays Center. We're so sorry about that. We don't know. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like, I don't know how any fan base can come back from that. 
But you guys are revamping. Like, what are your thoughts on the Islanders? It's it's tough. I was crushed when they moved on from Barry Trotz. I thought that was such a mistake. Um, I love Barry. I think he brought them back to, they were pretty much for 20 years, pretty much irrelevant, but then they went on run after run with him. The first three years, first year went to the second round, went to the conference final in 2020, did it again in 2021. Um, They were so close. Dude, I thought it was, I thought it was happening last year. I, I legit thought it was happening. They went all the way to game seven and lost one nothing on a shorthanded goal to Tampa Bay. That's about as close as you could humanly possibly get without getting there. So, I mean, it's crushing, but I will say this. Obviously, they they didn't make the playoffs this year as a down year. Um, There were so many factors, uh, whether it was the 13-game road trip to start the year was just a very difficult ask. Um, COVID problems in the beginning of the year, their pretty much entire roster had it. They were playing with a, an AHL roster. And I think they were a little bit old on the blue line. I think moving on from Zidane Chara and Andy Green and getting some younger legs on defense would go a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm hoping that Lane Lambert could get a little bit more offense out of some of the younger guys like uh, Barzal, Beauvillier, and Wallstrom. Those are, that's your young core. And I think they need to take a little bit of a step up offensively. It's all about Berzal, right? That's what this is all yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, you think you think it comes together next year? Uh, I think he, I think they let him be a little bit more offensive. Um, I loved, like I said, I loved Trotz, but I think he was so focused on the defensive side uh, that Barzal wasn't really that eighty-plus point guy that we saw from his rookie year. Um, so I think he will be more productive and the Islanders have some cap money to spend for the first time in a little bit. So I think they need to bring in a winger uh, to play with Matt Barzell and that would go a really long way. All right. All right. I love back it. To the playoffs? Going back to the playoffs next year. And if so, how far? Uh, that, that's super, that's yeah. way too that's early tough. for that, yeah. but I think they will. Come on, man. These are overreaction predictions. Yeah. That's the fun. <laughs> uh, you're right. Um, Listen, I think if they get a uh, a winger to go with Barzal and a top four lefty D, I think they could be a playoff team next year. I don't know if they could win it all, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think they could be back in the mix for a playoff spot if you add a, a top six winger and uh, like a second pairing defenseman. Because don't correct me, I'm not a big hockey guy. Not a big hockey guy. Very fair weather. But the Islanders were in the playoffs for a couple of years, like back to back to back, right? Like, wasn't it like yeah. two, three, maybe even four years back, like yeah. in the playoffs, like having good, some solid runs, right? Yeah, it was, it was three years in a row. They went to the second round the first year and then the conference final the last two years. So uh, obviously this was a little bit of a down, but down year, but if you could retool it and get back to a, a similar spot, I think, um, some fans are way out. They think like the window's closed <laughs> already. I'm not quite there yet. I still think you have um, a, a good core here. I just think you need to re- retool a, a couple of things. Um, Dude, like I said, hockey's so emotional. Yeah, it is. Like, like if, if you're either the best team in the world, <laughs> like in the game, or literally trash. Your lines suck. Your, your shifts stink. You're, you know, you don't you don't know how to you know clear the ball out, clear the puck without an icing. So. I know we're talking about playoffs for next year. I know you're watching the playoffs this year, maybe reluctantly a little bit because of my Rangers, but just give me your overall thoughts. Uh, we'll get you out of here on some NHL predictions. If you want to go uh, conference by conference, you don't have to tell us who's going to win the cup, but if you have hot takes. Um, so uh, I think 
I don't know if I could pick the. I, to be fair, I did pick the Rangers over the Penguins. I had, I did ha- give you guys that one. <laughs> I think this is a very tough matchup against the Hurricanes, though. They are yeah. a potent, potent offense. It's a little bit different than uh, the matchup you just had with Pittsburgh. Well, they so killed think- us all year too. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be tough. Not impossible, but it's it's a tough matchup. Um, I I like Carolina a whole lot. Um, I think Colorado, they just feel like a team on a mission ever since they're so year. fast. They are. <laughs> they're so fast and they could beat you so many different ways too. Um, and ever since they lost in the second round to Vegas last year, I was like, okay, this team, they, they had high expectations last year. I think they're going to be on a mission this year. And that's been the case so far. So they'd probably be my pick, but in the East, I think, I, I think it's, I think it's Carolina. I, I think they're the team that makes it out of the East. I mean, that's fair. I, I agree with you. I, I, I'm, that's why, the, like, Steel, we're closing in on the third period here. The Hurricanes hit the top, inner, inner top of the post, and it came off, <laughs> and really scary stuff. But if we could win one in Carolina, it would be huge. I'm dying for a Lightning uh, Rangers series, but also... Like, I didn't even want you to mention Game 7 because that's my nightmare. I think, like, a Game 7 loss like that, like 1-0 to the Lightning, uh, that would be really tough <laughs> in the Eastern Conference. So you think you think Carolina's going to win the whole thing? I don't know. I'm going back and forth between Carolina or Colorado. Um, I think those okay. are the teams that come out. Um I think Calgary could be a sleeper team. I feel like they get really good goalie play and Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Tuchuk are both such, they're, they're dynamic, the two of them together. Um, so you don't care about Connor McDavid? No, I think, I think Edmonton's <laughs> a little bit overrated. I don't trust their goalie play. I know, I know in the first rounds, uh, Mike Smith, I guess is their goalie. It's either yeah. him or Koskinen. They go back and forth, but, um, it's their jerseys, man. At home, it, they're just insane. All the red, they're, jer- they have the best jerseys in hockey. I feel like it's impossible to win in Calgary. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you there. And like, sure, for the NHL wants Edmonton, their star to go as far as possible, but I don't think the team around him outside of Drystaddle and Kane and McDavid, like outside of those three, I think, I don't think they're really that good, to be honest with you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I, 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 I'm like reluctantly watching the West Coast because like I just don't think we're gonna. I don't think it's gonna affect our, you know, the Rangers at all. So I'm just watching it for fun. It's easy for me. I don't care either way. But just like watching Calgary is just amazing. Obviously, Avalanche going crazy over there. Oh, I'm stressed, man. I'm really stressed about this game seven. I've never experienced a game seven at the Garden, so. I was at the Penguins game. It was insane. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just really hoping for a little miracle run with these rookies here. Uh, they really yeah. gave me Knicks vibes all during that game, during that round one. I'm glad they got out of it. So that's, that, that's my take on NHL. I, I know Alex, uh, is, isn't a fan yet, but we're trying to get him on board. We just got Chip Murphy on board. He's watching the Rangers tonight for the first time. A, a prior Devils fan we got on board. So we're working on it here at Knicks, Jets, et cetera. But we appreciate you coming on, Matt. Yeah, man. Anytime. It was a it was a fun time. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Totally. Anytime. We appreciate it. Hope you hopefully you come back on, uh, especially during the season. Talk more Jets. We appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate the work that you put out there, man. You put out great content. So thank you for taking the time to come on with us. Do, if you have anything, please let our listeners know 
where they one can find you if you got anything else coming out that they should be aware uh, aware of. Yeah, just uh, you can subscribe on YouTube, Talking Jets over there at uh, Matt O'Leary NY, and pretty much anywhere else on social media at Matt O'Leary NY. And give them uh, a call. Yeah, call me up at just one eight hundred Matt O'Leary NY. I'm pretty sure that'll work. Um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's a fun time. Um, so check check it out if you like the Jets, and I don't know, we go off the rails on some stuff, but we like to have fun. And the there you have it. Tied everyone. it up. Uh, All right, let's have a ball fun. game. Let's have a let's have a let's have a game. Let's go. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Matt, once again. And to our listeners who tuned in, you all know what to do. Please make sure to subscribe. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us that five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a comment. We're also on fan-sided. If you don't want to download it, you just want to listen to us on the internet, that's okay. Just make sure to go over to the Jet Press or the Daily Knicks. You can find the podcast there. We're also on YouTube, Knicks, Jets, etc. Find the page, subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. If you watch a video, hit the like button, leave a comment, engage with us, let us know your thoughts, okay? Especially for this one. Give us your takes on the offense, defense, all the positional needs, our, our rookies. What do you think on the season, this upcoming season? Who do you think uh, the Jets are going to beat? What do you think the record's going to be? Please make sure to leave a comment, let us know your thoughts. And also, we got another podcast, Winning Picks Weekly. Hear John talking about hockey with Matt. Hear hear John talking about all these sports. Why? Because he's tuned in. Why? Because he's putting money on the line. (laughs) This man is giving you the knowledge. He's giving you the knowledge. Make sure to use it. Go over to Winning Picks Weekly. Check out him. Video producer Greg. Co-host and our guy, Chip Murphy. And then last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You name it. We are there. Thank you to Matt O'Leary for coming on again and thank you for all to you for tuning in for another Jets episode of the Next Jets Etc. Podcast. We out. Let's go Jets. Let's go Rangers. Another game one overtime coming it looks like. Let's go.